Hey there, ProSide Small Group Leaders. Welcome to another Small Group Leaders podcast where we help you prepare to lead your small group. Uh, this is Pastor Billy here. I'm with Pastor Tim uh, for our downtown congregation pastor. How's it going, Tim? Hello, small group leaders. Good. Amen. We, uh, you know, so appreciate all of you and all that you do week to week leading your small groups and and be just tremendous examples for the gospel and the kingdom. Yes, thank um, you. Before we get into this week's discussion, I want to just uh, give a friendly reminder. Um, our legacy offering is coming up at the end of this month, uh, the weekend of Thanksgiving. And um, our legacy offering every year goes to all of our expansion initiatives, planting new things, starting new congregation sites locally, nationally, globally. And, uh, you know, we've been able to help launch our Thailand church plant uh, with Pastor Tarn and Marissa Liu just this past uh, couple of weeks. And uh, we've got a lot more things on the docket, which you'll hear about in the coming months. And uh, so thank you in advance for your generous giving and uh, be in prayer. Uh, on how God wants you to partner in uh, in the expanding of His kingdom uh, through giving. And so if you want more information, you can go to pearlside.org slash give. And thank you in advance, because we, we do this together, amen, and I'm excited to see what God's going to do through all of us. Um, well, we begin this week's discussion in part two of our series um, by, by considering what we're building with our lives. That's how mm-hmm. we started off, right? What are you building with your life? We're just temporary things or eternal things? And uh, one of the most important ways we build to last is by investing in the spiritual life and faith of the next generation. And, uh, you know, next generation ministry is, is a big part of who we are. It's why we have the church that we have, as you heard this past week. And we, we can never let that slip. Amen. We have to make sure that we're continually passing the faith on from generation to generation with a goal that the next generation should be better than us. Yes. Should far exceed... Uh, all of us, because they've learned from our successes and from our mistakes, and we've made sure to pass that faith on to them. And so, um, th- th- this is a big discussion point. And for all of us, you know, we all have next generation people in our lives, whether it's our own sons and daughters, our grandkids, our nieces and nephews within our families, but also in the community. We all are around next generation people all the time, whether it's students in our neighborhood or our kids' sports teams, grandkids' sports teams, whatever. Uh, or maybe even in your workplace, you know, you're the you're the senior person, but there are, are younger people, you know, those whippersnappers that are jo- joining your company, you know. Um, all of us have next generation people around us that God's calling us to invest in, and that's how we leave a legacy. And I think, sadly, you know, when we look at the state of our country, uh, the culture that we live in, and just the world, you can just see that the faith has not been passed on. In fact, we've neglected it to a large part, and I think that's why we see a lot of the challenges that we see. And so we want to turn the tide. And we want to build to last by investing in the next generation. So as we talk about this, we have three quick points there. We can build for the future by being intentional to pass the faith on to the next generation, by protecting the next generation, and by preparing the next generation by being an example of faith. So as you reflect on the weekend sermon, the main thought and passages above, what is the Lord highlighting to you and why? You know, I think it's important that this call for all of us to have a focus on the next generation, to be intentional with reaching the next generation is something that we all take up that as a personal responsibility. Um, Last week in our staff prayer, as I was praying, I saw a picture of a net. And a net is only effective when every part is linked together. Mm. And so no matter, you know, and I love our church, right? We have over 350 small groups. And some of these groups are filled with people who are retired, maybe empty nesters. Uh, Some people are filled, uh, groups are filled with families that, you know, have young kids 
or even single people, yeah. right? Young adults or people that never had kids. And But no matter what the makeup of our groups are, I think it's important that we heed the, the scriptures and, and, and the tales of what happens when we neglect in passing down the gospel to the next generation and making disciples with the next generation. Uh, it can decline really quickly. In fact, if you're in our services, um, you most likely saw some statistics and even in as recent as of 2017, how it just quickly dropped off a cliff in how our nation views the word of God or views Christianity. Right. And it goes to show that, you know, just no matter what generation you are, you may be a silent generation, you may be a baby boomer, Gen X, millennial, we're all in this together called to reach Gen Z and then the generations after them. Yeah, I mean, all of us have, you know, I mean, I, last time when we talk about this, we initially th- we think about our sons, our daughters, our grandkids, right? And, and um, you know, we go, we go, okay, I need to invest in them. And yes, we absolutely do. And um, that's actually our first priority. But sometimes we can think, well, I don't have, you know, anyone, you know, especially if you don't have kids or you're past that age of raising young kids. But all of us are around next-gen people all the time, you know, mm-hmm. and um, maybe not all the time, but from time to time. And, and can we be intentional in, in, in passing the faith on to them, even, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's what it is. This is all of our responsibility, you know. And if we don't do it, I think we see, as you referenced, Tim, the, the, just the decline in our country yeah. as a result. And so if anyone's going to stem this tide and turn this tide, it's got to be us. And so mm-hmm. I think this is a, a clarion call for all of us to start thinking about building for the next generation yes. and, and, and really um, uh, being more intentional at it. You know, one of the things that really stands out to me, we talked about this this weekend uh, with regarding the Joshua generation, right? You know, because one of the things that all of us want to do is we want to be successful in our lifetimes mm-hmm. and leave an inheritance for our kids, right? Something, whether it's in, in Hawaii, if you can leave them some property, man, that's awesome, you know? But we all are thinking about that, right? We want to get our kids into good schools, get them into sports so that mm-hmm. they can have a prosperous and successful life. And... Well, the Joshua generation did that. They fought to possess the promised land. And the text that we read says they they accomplished it. They all settled in their inheritance. They died and were buried in their inheritance. So they succeeded at getting their inheritance, but failed to pass the faith on to the next generation. So they succeeded in all the natural inheritance stuff, but they failed in the spiritual inheritance stuff. And as a result, the succeeding generation were failures. They experienced the, rather than the blessing of God, the, the, the judgment of God, because the previous generation gave them a physical inheritance, but didn't give them a spiritual mm-hmm. inheritance. Right. And I don't know about you, but that slaps me in the face because you know we work so hard to get our kids into the right schools, and then hopefully into college and get get you know training and all these extracurriculars. But if we 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 neglect to impart the spiritual inheritance, what good is all that? Mm-hmm. They can have all this natural success, but if it comes with rather than the blessing of God, the curse of God, because they've forsaken Him then what good is all that natural inheritance stuff? So this text, every time I read it, it just reminds me like, dang, make sure you're focusing on the right thing. Right. And you're leaving the right inheritance for the next generation. Um, you know, I love this second question here. What about your upbringing do you wish would have been different in regards to your faith? How do you think your life would be different if someone had invested in your faith earlier? Explain. Tim, what do you think? Yeah, you know, this question is good because either way, right, like both you and I got reached through this church as teenagers. At that time, we didn't know we were going to be pastors, um, but 
one thing's for sure, whether or not we entered into full-time ministry, because we were reached as youth, both of us, we grew up in a um, non-faith-based household, and we came to know the Lord through this Pearlside Church back when we were in high school, um, the trajectory of our lives were forever changed. Right. And so there's going to be people in our groups that have... Um, you know, come to faith as a teenager, as a youth, and and we can reflect back at just the significance of that, the the heartaches that we were able to avoid. You know, learning from scripture and other people's lives as examples. But then also, there's going to be people in our groups that's not like us, and and maybe came to the Lord after, mm-hmm. and and from there, it also creates. It's the same thing. It's the same result where. You know, I wish I wish I came to know God as a teenager or as a college student because then I wouldn't have been involved in this or got right. myself into this pit. Mm-hmm. And so I think either way, that the point of this question, I'm I, I love the question as well because I I think it's going to pull our entire group into this um, reality that it is important for young mm-hmm. people to hear the gospel and to know God. Yeah, I mean, and even getting people to reflect on their own experience, like, man, if, if I had been a Christian earlier, I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have gotten into this problem or that problem. And the reason why that's important is because then they can think about, man, the importance of investing in someone else now, right? Like, I didn't have this, so I, hopefully I can give this away to somebody else, you know? And, you know, I was even just thinking, you know, we may have some people in our groups that grew up going to church, and they had the faith passed on to them when they were five, six years old, and they've, that's all they've known, and it's been great for them. Well, great. We'll have them reflect on that. Because even those lessons are powerful. Like, you know, my parents did. They made me read the Bible every night. I hated it, but now I love Jesus. You know what I mean? And I I had one person tell me, like, you'll never regret, you know, bringing your kids into spiritual moments. Like, you'll never regret that. Like, because they will always, even if in the moment they they don't like it and they give you grief over coming to church Sunday morning, they'll grow up with it with with a with a foundation of faith that is that is powerful. And so you you know they may want to share those lessons. You know what did what was done right even in your life that we can glean those lessons from so that we can make sure we pass that stuff on to others. And so you know, this is a great spot to have people reflect and share, how would your life be different if you'd have got saved earlier? I hear that all the time, man, I wish I had this when I was in high school. Man, I wish I had this younger. I wish I knew this stuff earlier. Great, let's reflect on that. And hopefully that motivates all of us to be even more intentional with the next-gen people in our lives. Um, and then lastly, the third question, what are you doing now to be intentional about investing in the faith of the next-generation person? And what do you think needs to change to be more effective? What do you think, Pastor Tim? Yeah, you know, there's going to be people in our groups that will say nothing, like literally not say anything. And even if they're not involved in anything that's directly reaching the next generation, I think it's important that we have every single person answer this in our group. Um, Obviously, if it's a new person, we don't have to put them on a spot and make them feel awkward and then not come back the following week. But for regular group members, um, I'd rather them be honest and say, I am doing nothing than say, I'll skip this question because they end up saying nothing. So even if they're doing nothing right now, it's a good place to be in a reality check that what are you specifically doing to be involved. And uh, so for, for me personally, obviously, uh, it's a little bit easier because I, I am at the stage of life where my kids are all involved in um, their schools. And so I can, I can be around young people and be intentional about um, talking to parents and then trying to get to learn um, who my, my kids' friends are mm-hmm. to believe that one day, you know, 
these friends that my kids have will come and worship with them at our church. And so I'm actively doing that, trying to build relationships with my kids' friends. It's not like, oh, that's just Kenzel's dad or Stella's dad. But for them to know, okay, yeah, that's that's Uncle Tim, right? For them to see me like that. And uh, so I can be a, a positive influence in their life to bring them closer to Christ. That's great. I mean, I want to be that cool uncle too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, Naomi and I have a vision. We want our house to be kind of the gathering place for mm-hmm. our kids' right. friends. And, you know, Uncle Billy, Uncle Naomi, Auntie Naomi, you know, like, like you know, hanging out and, and maybe we won't hang with them, but, you know, being present. And yeah. I want to I do that. And, you know, I just talking to someone yesterday who was super intentional with his kids when they were in middle school. He even planned a, a mission trip mm-hmm. and took his son and his son's friends in eighth grade, took them to the Dream Center in L.A., mm-hmm. They did some service projects together. They went to a church service together. And, and, and all of his son's friends got saved on that trip, came home, and he started a small group with his son's friends uh, at the high school. This is years ago. And, and I just thought about that. Like, man, that's what being intentional can do. Like, being intentional to engage the young people in your life. You never know what can happen. Mm-hmm. And especially if there's a relationship, whether it's your own kids or maybe you're, you are an uncle. I mean, everyone in Hawaii is uncle or auntie to somebody, right? So right. let's leverage that and really be uncle auntie and see what God will do in bringing those relationships. But I think for all of us, it's just being more intentional. You know, I'm trying to be more intentional, like like you, Tim, at my son's sports stuff, and my daughter, them have different activities, and and just building with the parents, building with the kids, and see what God does. Uh, I think for all of us, we need to reflect and say, God, who have you placed in my life? Mm-hmm. What are the next-gen people in my life? And next-gen might just be a few years younger than you. You don't have to look for like a, you know, a really, really young person. Maybe they're just five to ten years mm-hmm. younger than you, whoever. But let's all be investing, and let's see what God does, especially Amen. if there's a middle schooler, high schooler. Uh, college student in your life, let's invest there because God's doing something. I mean, just real quick before we end, we're seeing a, a little bit of a mini revival in in our in our youth ministries. Um, when we started this semester, we had zero groups meeting on campus. As of right now, we have ten, and they're starting to explode. Like the average group size is like fifteen to twenty kids, and so we're breaking up into smaller clusters and all those things. And it's just exciting. And Kamehameha, Punahou, Mililani, Highlands, Moanalo Middle, just a lot of stuff is starting to happen. I think God is breathing on this next generation. And it's not just for the staff and the campus ministers and the young people. I think if all of us start investing in next-gen people, I think we'll start to see more and more things begin to bust out yes. in little circles all over the place. So hopefully that builds your faith to go to the next gen and let's see what God does. And let's lead our people in thinking beyond ourselves and our generation to thinking about the next Amen. generation. As we close, let's pray for one next generation person in your life whom you can begin investing in the faith and let's see what God does in all of our hearts through this. But thank you leaders. We, we love you guys. You guys are so awesome and we're looking forward to seeing what God's gonna do through all of us as we continue to build to last. Amen? Amen. All right, have a great week. Have a great small group. God bless you.